Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hi, everybody, and welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. I enjoy discovering and sharing real-life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. everybody and welcome to the brand new episode of pmg i'm your host Travis patton senior hey real quick guys don't forget to visit our facebook page that's coming something good with the capital t guys i'm so glad you decided to join me tonight and listen as we always get started don't forget guys i want to give a huge shout out to my biggest supporter my biggest fan my lovely wife nicole Girl, that's your shout out. I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Guys, I say this all the time. In a very, very short time, this show has taken off. And it's been heard in places all around the globe. I mean, places like Canada, guys, and New Zealand and Ireland. And I'm so excited that you decided to join us here tonight. And maybe this is your first time tuning in, your first time listening to the show let me take a time to tell you thank you and maybe you tune in each week typically 4 p.m central standard time 5 p.m eastern right here live on facebook guys to tune in and listen to your show but tonight tonight we have a very special guest as you can see guys i want to jump in and get started because i'm excited about this tonight's episode Guys, if you did not catch it, it's called M-I-A. Listen, this is probably one of the most recognized acronyms across the globe, across the world. M-I-A, which, which is strange, right? Which is strange. And it's most recognized because it's amazing how something so easily recognized and seen describes the individual that largely goes unseen, under the radar, and almost invisible. When an individual is MIA, they are almost hiding in the plain sight. Have you, Miss God's question, have you ever felt like you are M-I-A, just invisible, unseen. Does it sometimes feel like, and everyone walking around is walking around past you, never even noticing you that you are there. Those who are, who are homeless face this overwhelming feeling every day. But guys, let me share something with you. The truth is, we don't have to be homeless to still feel like we're MIA. There are folks with addresses who feel like they're MIA, with careers and have cars and have family, and they still feel like this each and every day. The way to recovery is one day at a time. So right now, I want to introduce to you guys a very special guest here on TMG. This individual is no stranger to a tough time, but they have found their own way to fight back from the obscurity to clarity. As we thank him for his service, I want to introduce author Charles Smith. Charles, come on here, everybody, and introduce yourself to TMG. 
Hey, everybody, and thank you for having me on here. It's I feel like I've been waiting a while for this, even though we just met. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, I, listen, when we first talked about this, I've been kind of like, oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. MIA, I mean, before this, you might you might think of MIA as just like a military term. Right, but it's, right. it's not. It's, you know, a lot of us, like you said, a lot of us go through life not feeling like we're seen, you know, feeling like um, we're invisible. And it can be from people that, like you said, people in business, people like active shooters, like we, we talked about the other day. Absolutely. You know, that That's why a lot of them become active shooters because they're invisible and they, <clears throat> they want to be seen and they see it on TV and that's why they, they become, um, you know, they think that that's, Hey, that's how I'm going to go out and that's how I'm going to be known by the world. You know, but as you said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Arthur Charles Smith. I'm a seven-time author of uh, self-help books from PTSD to self-protection to addiction recovery. I'm a father of a 10-year-old son. Oh, wow. 12-year-old daughter. Yep, yep. Both of them are never MIA. <laughs> <laughs> they're always around. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, yep. Even when they're not here, they're in they're on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know exactly what you mean. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's you know. I I I was I was in a homeless situation uh a couple decades ago and I, I oh, was wow. my I was yeah, I was in my myself. I felt Im invisible. Hmm. Except for the people that would look at you like, you know, what, why, why, why aren't you going to get a job? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Talking down to you and that sort of thing. And, you know, sometimes you don't know the reason and you won't understand the reason unless you're there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's easy sometimes, it's easier, I would say, easier sometimes for us as people, individuals to look and say why, uh, why a person isn't doing something and then if we had never been in that situation. Because we'll easily say, I would never do this or I would never do that. And I've learned, Charles, from experience, never say what you would never do until you're in that situation. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't been in the military. You've been in the military. You've been in the army. Am I right? You are right. Yep. Thank you yep. for your service. Everybody begin to type that in chat and thank him for, for his service. It's because it's bravery like his and other service people that serve that help us have and maintain the freedoms that we got. So thank you, Charles, for your service. You are man. welcome, everybody. Absolutely. Very, very welcome. So, Charles, listen. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Although I normally tell people don't thank me because it's something that it, I, sh you know, we should all do without thanks. I think. I, you know, I actually agree. <laughs> I actually listen. I actually um, wanted to join the military right after high school, and I wanted to do the Navy. And mm. uh, because I had open heart surgery, they PDQ'd me. They literally tried to get me in as many times as possible. Listen, I went to so many heart specialists. Uh, they said, finally, they made a call and said, no, we can't. We don't want to take the risk. So they PDQ'd me. Even after oh. I did really great on the ASVAP, I'm talking like really, really great. They was like, oh, man, we want to, but no. Mm. So. <laughs> uh, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's like, Charles, like, oh, Charles, like, wait a minute. Where was those doctors when I was around? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, guys, listen. If Charles, Charles mentioned something, and I and I mentioned something. A lot of us go through life, and we feel you. We think that MIA is just 
relegated to a military term, and that's where we most have heard it. But I, I'm understanding that a lot of us walk through everyday life, and they feel MIA. Uh, you, you, if we will, we could drive by in any under any bridge, and we see homeless individuals, or we see just a regular person. You go through the very regular grind of life, and all you do is you wake up, you go to work, and come home. Wake up, go to work, come home, and you don't feel noticed. You feel MIA. You 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 know you're breathing. You know you have a pulse. But you feel MIA. You don't feel a part of something. And the reason, listen, and when a person is MIA, they're not a part of regular society. They're not a part of the regular things that go on. And a lot of us, we go through life and we don't feel like we are a part of anything. Charles? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of these people can have families. Exactly. You, you know, you can you can go home and you're welcome, Lana. You can go home and you can um, be, you know, just walk walk by your spouse and absolutely, absolutely. You know, not be not be recognized, and even if they say hi, you don't feel like they're really recognizing you, you exactly know? exactly that's horrible you know it oh, really yeah. is yeah oh yeah uh, and, and so i'm just trying to expand our minds on it that there are people with addresses charles mm. they, they have an actual address in their mia you know, yeah let, let me ask you something all right so i know about your story now and, and guys i read his story it's incredible so i i know and i'm familiar with your story Right, I'm familiar mm -hmm. with the story because we shared, we shared a lot, and uh, but for those listening, um, uh, and those who are watching, who will go back and listen to this and go back and watch this, what were some of your daily challenges you had growing up without your parents being in your life? Because from my understanding, when we talked, your parents weren't there. Can I share a little bit of that with us? Well, my mother passed away when I was nine. And my father passed away when I was 11. And, yeah, so in between that is a book called 10 Homes in 11 Years, which is on my site, lifelongexperience.net. But um, after that, I, I grew up, like, MIA, you know, just not, mm. not feeling like I, I belonged anywhere. And um, I was talking to a couple of my, my, my friends uh, a couple months ago because one of my friends passed away from cancer that I knew way back then. And mm -hmm. I, I asked him, I was like, what was I like when I, when I you know, when I came home? And they were like, uh, you were looking for family and you didn't find it in your family. So you found it in us, your friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But even, even that, I mean, I, some, something was just missing, you know, obviously because mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. parents weren't there, but something was just really off in my world. And exactly. I, you know, I, I felt like I was just existing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, I didn't even feel like I, I didn't even feel alive. I mean, for, for the longest time, even when, even after the military, my uncle became sick of cancer. Goodness. And yeah. And I remember, you know, telling God, Hey, take me because I have nothing. He's got a family, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to live. You know, I, I, I can go at any time. That was my mindset, even even back then, after the military. You know, and that that got so bad that I actually, um, when he died and my grandfather died, mm -hmm. after that, 
I fell into a really dark depression and ended up being a carver and take, almost taking my own life. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and this is this is we're talking about growing up without your parents and that even after going through the whole thing of the military where you where you had that sense of where they try to give that community belonging right yeah yeah you, you still you left there and you still felt like man i'm still mia i i come into work every day i i report to my co every day and i'm still mia i come home and try to come out of the military and I look for family and I had to get my friends, but I'm still M-I-A. I heard you say, Travis, something was still missing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you what that was back then. I mean, in the military, I, I had a, I had a few call signs, uh, nicknames. Mm. One of them was Psycho. Because I would act, I would act crazy, because I I you know I I would just you know do insane things to insane get the thing. job done, you know just wow. just to do it you know just to be just to try to be recognized. Oh wow! You know, and I've done that a lot of, a lot in my life. Now that I think about it even more, like I was a house painter. And mm -hmm. I would I would be the one that would be hanging off the roof by my feet to get a certain part of the uh, the house painted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> any anything to be seen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so That's, you mm. you you saying what, what I'm hearing, and and I know you're you're not. Let me, let me tell you something, sure. You're not the only person done that. And you're not oh, the only person who felt that way. A lot of times what we do, Charles, when we want to be seen, when we felt like we've been MIA and we've, we're invisible, when we feel like we're that invisible person, that invisible person, we do things to be seen. I remember watching the movie The Invisible Man. And sometimes the uh, all of them, you, you name them. I try to watch every last one. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the new one. It was kind of freaky. Because technology wise, because it had <laughs> it has a story behind it. It has a good story behind it because a lot of us feel invisible. We we feel like the invisible man. We feel like we're MIA. And the only way the invisible man could be seen is if he put on some clothing or knock something off. So in other words, sometimes the only way we could be seen is if we put on something that either didn't belong to us on something like an attitude or a temperament or we put on something or we knock something over and sometimes man when you're mia it seems like the only time somebody pays attention to you is when you get in trouble when yeah. you cause a mess when you cause a ruckus or when you put on something for that day i'm gonna put on a false face i'm gonna put on a smile even though i don't feel like smiling i'm gonna, I'm gonna put on an attitude you're gonna pay attention to me one way or the other. And, and when you think about people who are MIA, let's say if they're MIA and, and, a, and a helicopter flies over, what you're going to do? You're going to try to do everything you can to get that attention. So, yep. and when we think we might see some assistance, we'll do anything we can, even if we have to wave our hands to just get some attention. And what I hear is, Charles, everything that you're doing you're doing some of the same things everybody's doing. We're just trying to get some attention. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's so many people, you know, growing up, they're always um, putting on a persona. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, you, you look at a lot of people that any of us grew up with and how many of us knew the, the real, or even now as an adult, how many of us really know the real person? Oh, that's you know, good. Like, oh, that's good. Yeah, even going into a relationship. Especially going into a relationship, Charles. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
you go into a relationship, you're, you're a female going into a relationship, and a guy is putting on his best, you know, face, and you think, oh, he's this great guy, and then, um, you know, down the road, he's turning into a narcissist or whatever. And exactly, I've heard that story too many times. Wow, you know, it's tragic. You know, a absolutely. lot of it ends tragically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. because the person begins to reveal who they are, and as they reveal who they are, it's not who they said they were. Mm. It's not who they said they were. And the person we're dealing with is somebody who has been M-I-A. I'm asking you a question. So mm. we talked about your your parents not being there in your life and a lot, I grew up without my parents in my life, and thank God for my grandmother. And thank God for my grandmother. A lot of things I did, Charles, I did for attention. I did because I felt invisible. I, I felt MIA. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I felt like, you know, I was uh, missing somewhere that life and society were just going by me. Pat I mean, I could walk past homeless people, and I said, man, I, I can feel what you're feeling, and I got an address. Hmm. I felt just as invisible. Uh Yep. How how did it affect you growing up? Like as you, Charles, how did it affect you growing up without your parents, man? I really felt like you just said, like um, I I did everything to get attention. Like I I got into drugs. Mm -hmm. I got into fights. I got into trouble. You know. Um, me and my friends would always go out drinking and I always had like my my main click. Ah. Oh but yeah. And I gravitated towards the ones that would get me in trouble too. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I always gravitated towards them. And yeah. Just for attention, just you know, like I was always um kind of the social butterfly. Yeah. You know, like getting attention but craving more attention because I didn't get the attention that I wanted. Oh wow. Was it was it, it was it the attention from certain individuals you really wanted or just the attention that you wanted, period, is overall? Overall, I think, and attention from like like my my cousin, who mm -hmm. I I idolized growing up. He died a few years ago, but um, I would do anything to spend time with him. Absolutely. You know, he he had a woman on each arm. He had the biggest truck in the city. He had uh, money flowing out of his pockets. Mm -hmm. You know, he was he was the guy that you wanted to be. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, so somebody you could look up to. Yeah, but he was also the 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 guy that said you want a shot at the title mm. if if somebody was going to fight him, and if you won, you got the shot at the title because he was probably <laughs> the the baddest person in in this city. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So he, he he was he was someone I looked up to, but and I, I actually told him this when he was alive. I told him I idolized the wrong cousin. Oh wow! Because he was the badass. He was mm -hmm. the one that um, you know, he he got into drugs and stuff like that, and his brother was the exact opposite. Mm. Yeah, and. I, I did. I idolized the wrong cousin. I mean, <laughs> I loved them both to death, but I I should have gravitated towards the one that was doing the right thing. But I gravitated towards the one that was getting more attention. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah! Yeah! Yep. So that 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 tells me something. Uh, we always gravitate to what we crave or what we desire. Not necessarily what we need. Let me let me let me say that again. We as a human as people, we have a tendency 
to gravitate toward what we crave and what we desire, not necessarily what we need. Think about this a lot of times. Sometimes, have you ever been thirsty and you come in the house and there's water, soda, and juice? You're thirsty. Didn't say you just want water, but you're thirsty. Chances are some people are going to grab that soda or juice before they grab the water. Mm-hmm. But you know you need the water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, your, but your thirst says, you know what? That's a nice cold soda right there. Or that juice go taste. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> That's the yeah. point. We go after the taste. We go what appeals to our appetite. Mm-hmm. And when we go after what appeals to our appetite, a lot of times, Charles, as you know, we end up not feeling so well afterwards. We go, I shouldn't have had that soda. I had too many. Shouldn't have had the drinks, juice. It was too much. And we feel back going, I should have had some water. I should have had water. And they say hindsight is 2020. Yep. So we have a tendency as people. Hey, Erica, how you doing, girl? We have a tendency hey, Erica. to gravitate towards the things that we crave and the things that we desire. So when it comes to being MIA, it's the same thing. We we remain that way a lot of times because we continue to crave and continue to chase the things that we desire and instead of what we need. You said, Travis, man, I, I went with the cousin that, had the, that was flashy. He was getting attention, and if I connect with him, I'll get the attention that he's getting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we do. Uh, we do it at work. Come on, we do it at work. If somebody's a great performer at work, we'll hook up with them just so we, we can get some residual. <laughs> we do it everywhere. We do it as human beings as opposed to going to where we may be needed. Now, listen, uh, I mentioned, I'm sure, now, and, and given what you shared so far, and it's been wonderful, I'm sure your family had unique challenges uh, helping you navigate these things. Am I kind of correct? They had to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Like my aunt always says that she didn't know how to handle me when, when I came home. Cause when I first came home from, I, my father died in Van Horn, Texas. Wow. And I didn't speak for the first six months that I was home. The first six months. Wait, let me make, hold on. Your father died. Your father transitioned. He passes. And yep. the first six months of, of after that, you didn't speak of cell work. Right. Wow. Yep. Were you that I, traumatized? What, 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 what was? And I totally forgot about that until I wrote that book, 10 Homes in 11 Years. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my sister about it. And she told me that. She's a couple of years older than me, so she remembers more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, you don't remember that? I'm like, no. She's like, you wouldn't even talk to me. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And But we we lived in an extremely poor situation. Mm-hmm. Like, we had, um, me and my father shared a, I think, like a full-size bed with no box spring. Oh, goodness. So just a mattress, more so. Yeah, and we we had um, cardboard boxes that held our clothes, and we had a um, a coffee tray for a TV stand. Mm-hmm. It, it it was just like the poorest house that you would want to see, you know. And when my my uncle who came down to get us came back here my grandfather asked the condition that we were living in and he, he just shook his head he said i don't want to talk about it and my my aunt just she didn't know how to handle me when when i got home wow yeah and 
part of that, and I don't talk about this on many shows, but I'll talk about it on this one. Well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. But um, part of that was that uh, my mother um, died of drugs and alcohol, and my father was her enabler. Mm. And my aunt had a hard time seeing me and not seeing him. I can understand why. You know, I can too. You know, it, it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at it took me it took me a while mm-hmm. to understand that you know because i always felt like i was a black sheep for some reason and i didn't belong in the family you know but been there been there yeah, buddy. Yeah, been yeah. there buddy yeah but yeah i so my family had that for a challenge and i missed a lot of school like i i only went to school when I when I wanted to. When we oh, were wow. away for five years, yeah. I had to repeat the second grade because I didn't go enough. Mm-hmm. Because, because we were moving around, and and because um, you're welcome, Erica. And because uh, I just didn't want to go. If I didn't want to go, I didn't go. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had one, whatever, whatever I wanted to do, I, I did. You know, maybe, maybe my father didn't know how to handle me either. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he just let me do what I wanted to do. <laughs> but you were, you were, you had, you were facing, you were facing some very unique challenges uh as, as a young person as an individual we're not even talking about you know just being a teenager we're talking about being a kid so so you joined you joined the military right and how was that that was well basic training was my detox mm. out of uh crack cocaine mm-hmm. i and um it was yeah, it was my detox out of crack cocaine, and I obviously quit drinking and everything else at the time. Now, now I, I haven't drank anything since COVID. Um, congratulations, man! Congratulations, yeah, good for you, good even, for you. Even before that, I had maybe maybe three beers in a year, maybe. Good, good, good. You know? Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to drink now, but good. Yeah, but I had to quit everything. But I never went back to crack cocaine. It's been 30, 30 years. Awesome, awesome, man, awesome. Come on, yeah. guys, you get guys. I know you got to give that up. You got to get some love for that one, guys. Absolutely, way to go. Absolutely, Charles, way to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Travis. But yeah, I mean, it, I liked it. I liked the military though because it was. I did find camaraderie. Mm-hmm. It was just something was still missing. Some something was always missing until my homeless stint. You know that that's ironically that's where I found myself. <laughs> so wait. You telling me you had to get lost in order to get found? Yeah. Yep. 
Yep, pretty much. Guys, did you did you hear this, guys? He said he had to get lost in order to be found. Wow. Thank you, Laura. Laura. Yeah, I um when when I when I had my my suicide attempt, I got kicked out of the place that I was living in. Mm-hmm. And then I I became homeless after that. And seeing all the homeless veterans that were with me. Hmm. That was I consider that my crucible. You know, that 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 was the part of my life that changed me, that opened my eyes and said, Hey, you are not alone. Absolutely, man. And people need your help. You know, that's why you're here. People need your help. And I've been doing that ever since. Wow. Wow. So you, but you, 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 so here's what I hear. You took one of the most painful moments in your life and you turned it around. Yeah. Wow. Don't, I guys, I say this all the time. Don't waste what you've been through. And I think I shared this with you. I said, you can have a glass of water and you can be near a plant and you can pour all the water on the plant. And you can say to yourself, I've wasted all my water. Or you can look at the plant growing from the water and say, I've used everything I've got. Either we're going to remain where we are, Charles, or we're going to use everything we got. And it sounds like you came to a conclusion in yourself. You said, I'm not wasting anything. I'm going to use everything I got. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I had to at that point. That that was a matter of survival. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. In the, absolutely. In the, in the most serious sense, like even on the streets in at shelters. I mean, mm-hmm. I I seen um, you know some shelters that I was in. I actually smuggled a knife in with me and slept with it underneath my pillow with one eye open, so I could walk out of there the next morning. Wow! You know, wow. incredible. Incredible stories, guys. And guys, and listen, we listened to Charles' story, and we said, well, I'm not in that position, Travis. I haven't been in that position. But let me ask you a question. What He said he, he had a knife, and he smuggled a knife under a pillow in a homeless shelter. Let me ask you a question. What are we holding on to to try to protect ourselves from, from something? What have we been holding on to to protect ourselves, to feel like, we need this extra to keep ourselves because some of us are holding on to relationships. We know that we need to let go. Holding on to friendship, we know we need to let go. Holding on to bad attitudes, bad temperaments. And sometimes, and we'll hold on to these bad attitudes, Charles, and we'll say we'll pull it out just in case I need it. Instead of just instead of us becoming our better selves, I'm gonna pull it out. And I'm going to just go off on somebody just to let them know that I can do it every now and then. Right. Yeah. I, what, what are we holding on to? What are we keeping back just in case? Yeah. We may not have a knife under our bed or under our pillow, but what are we trying to keep hold on when we can let it go? What are we holding on to? Let me ask you a question, man. We're holding on to something. Everybody has something, man. Mm-hmm. So you you you're in the military and things begin to spiral. And you 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 mentioned to me how you recognize things were spiraling. What was it like, kind of detoxing, um, in in what was it kind of like detoxing in an army infantry basic you know basic training in AIT and all those things? Was what what is it life like after your suicide attempt? Oh. The suicide attempt was after the military, but um, the I I always say that um, my suicide attempt was twenty years ago. 
my son is 10 years old. Thank mm -hmm. you, Laura. But yeah, my son is 10 years old. You do the math. Exactly. You know, if I, if I was successful back then, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be here. I wouldn't know my, my 12 year old little girl. You know, she's not so little anymore, but I, I wouldn't know my, my 12 year old girl. <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a seven time author. I wouldn't, you know, mm. the, the possibilities of what I wouldn't be are endless. Wow. Because of one decision that I, I, that I almost made, you know, so. That is like so powerful. Absolutely, me. it is. It is. Yeah, the the power of one decision. We're not, we're not talking several. The power of one decision, and a lot of us may not want to commit suicide or feel that way, but anytime we are not going to our best or our highest potential, we're killing the future we could have. Mm. We're killing. He he, he said. Imagine if he had was if he was successful at committing suicide, he would never see his children. Are there some things that possibly or could be waiting on us in our future if we continue to not be at our best or try to deal at our best potential? See, when you commit suicide, you're killing not just yourself; you're killing your potential. Hmm. Exactly. I was in college a couple of years ago. I, I went late and I, I graduated a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget, there was one class where the, the teacher stopped us in the beginning of class. You know, we were talking and, you know, everything. And he stopped us. He was like, I got to tell you guys something. The mm. girl that used to sit in the back of the class, remember the, the blonde that used to sit in the back of the class, she took her life over the weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, you know, that, that just really hit home. I bet. I can imagine, man. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I wish that people like that, you know, I, I could just show, and this is one reason why I do this, you know, exactly. on, on all these podcasts, because I wish to do, I could just like talk to her mm -hmm. and tell her, Hey, I, I tried that. And this is what I have after that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I have so many friends that have taken their own life or, you know, in one way or another, mm -hmm. you know, and it's so sad. You know, wow. That, mm. and, and the power of one decision. And think about it. We we deal with that one decision all all, all our lives. We've applied to a certain company, and now we're working there. One decision. We're in a relationship with a certain person because of one decision the car we're driving is because of one decision there is power yep. behind our one decision so charles man he said i i've had i didn't grow up my mom and dad they died you know my mom she had a rough time and she died and, and i didn't he said he didn't even speak after his dad died six months and here it is now he's beginning to Turn things around in his life because of power of one decision. So we're talking about uh, feeling M-I-A. And what helps us can start turning things around is the power of one decision. We think uh, a tree, we look at a forest and we go, man, there's no way I can that forest can be cut down. One decision can take down a forest, whether it be the decision to light a match or whether it be the decision to come in with some saws 
All it takes is one decision. I know a lot of us, we're dealing with some things that seem pretty heavy. And it can seem overwhelming. He said, well, I can't turn it around. All it takes is one, one decision. decision. I got so much stuff on my plate. It just takes one decision. But you don't know what I've had in my past. It takes one decision. You don't know what I'm facing right now, but it takes one decision. Next question. Hmm. So, so you begin turning things around, and instead of spiraling down, your life begins going and spiraling upward. What are some, uh, what are some of the coping skills that you use to help keep your momentum going up? Because after we make that one decision. And the momentum builds. We got to keep that momentum going. So, what are some of the coping skills that you use to keep your momentum, man? One of them is talking, like oh, this. Wow. You know, talking about it. Woohoo! Yeah. You know? Yep. And one of them is meditation and yoga. And um, I do martial arts, walking, that sort of thing. But my biggest one, I have to say, is talking about it. Like, it helps. Yeah, for the longest time, I, I, I never talked about it. I kept it all in. Mm. You know, and that's one thing that uh, with PTSD, you know, people, especially like first responders and um, you know, police, veterans, this and that. They don't want to talk about it because they're ashamed. Mm. You know, this or wow. that. Because wow. they'd rather stay MIA. You know, they'd rather stay invisible with their pain, sit with their pain. But you don't have to. You know, mm. it, it's, it's so... Um, gratifying to yourself absolutely yeah to put it out there and to even not not to the whole world like i'm doing right now but to you know <laughs> to a therapist it, or someone exactly you know, uh, man, or... absolutely absolutely I, i'm a firm believer in speaking to a therapist getting it out there speak to someone speak to someone and, and here's the thing sometimes you have we need to speak to someone that's doesn't know anything about us you know who has no because that way you'll get a true honest feedback there won't be any 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 kind of bias in it you know they don't know you there's nothing involved that they're not trying to make you feel good it's a true talk back in a true conversation that you have with someone i am a firm believer and speaking with a therapist i encourage everyone to speak with a therapist get some help Talk to someone. You don't have to live invisible. We don't have to be, you know, MIA. We don't have to have an address, have an ID, have a career, and still be MIA. Come home and still be MIA. Go to work and still be MIA. What would you say to someone out there who's listening and who's watching, man? Seven-time author, okay? What would you say to somebody watching that uh, that was either in the same or similar situation that you were in? Don't give up hope. You know, keep keep on keep on going. Absolutely. You know, get get help. Understand what is going on in your life first mm -hmm. of all like when i when i learned about ptsd right that opened up so many doors to me you know i i wrote a book on it i know but, yeah but <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it it just you know it's so liberating for you to know what you're facing instead of like like I, I was just talking to uh 
a friend of mine that has COVID right now. Mm -hmm. And she's like, the brain fog is just hope. Yes. The brain fog is just there. And I'm like, that's how I feel every single day since I was six years old. Wow. Wow. If I understand, you were diagnosed with PTSD when you were six. Yeah. And I know we think of PTSD as someone who's been in a battlefield or in a, a, a battle-worn area or a war zone. Let me help you out, guys. You can suffer and deal with so much emotional trauma, stuff can go so much in your life, you will have PTSD. And you, it, you, you will react the same way as someone who has been in the war zone and you've never set foot in a plane or a helicopter. No, but there's been emotional bombs going all around you. There's been financial bombs. Well, listen, let me help you out. COVID has put a lot of people with some PTSD. There's a lot of that going on. People not knowing when everybody had to be sheltered in place. Some people did not know how to handle remaining in one place. Mm -hmm. It wasn't cabin fever, Charles. They came out with PTSD. Yeah, I said that in the very beginning. Like, there's going to be a lot of people that have PTSD at the end of this. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I was, I was undiagnosed. Let me just reiterate. I was undiagnosed from six to like 30 mm. because they didn't even have PTSD back then. They had oh, battle wow. fatigue. Wow. Yeah. And what kid is going to have battle fatigue? Yeah. Six year old kid. You just think, oh, that's just a kid. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I seen psychiatrists after my father died. I, you know, I had um, people saying that I had ADHD, this and that. Yeah. But it, it didn't exactly fit, you know. And then, and then I, I found out that, you know, when I was thirty, that I had PTSD, and the doctor said, "You've had it since your mother was." You know, since your mother passed away. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That was that's my crazy, boy. Man. Yeah, definitely. That's crazy that a, a, a six-year-old kid that we can be diagnosed with it and because we have the symptoms of it. I know that you work with a lot of organizations, uh, Charles, and trying to help individuals and help people get recovery. You told me of an amazing story that you have, but there are, what are some of the organizations that you work with that can help uh, individuals who may be watching, listening, or we may know someone who's in such similar situations like this. What are some of the organizations that you work with? I'm going to put some of these in chat. Well, I work with um, Aware Recovery Care. You said Weight of Recovery Care, right? Aware. Aware Recovery Care. Like aware of something. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's in multiple different states. Uh, Florida, Massachusetts, most of New England, Virginia, I want to say, too. Yeah, a lot of different states. Just trying to read lawyers' thing. Exactly. Yeah. Severe yeah. dysfunction, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you work with Aware Recovery Care. Who else do you work with? I want to get some of these names and organizations out because uh, chances are we do know someone who could benefit from these from these uh, organizations. Yeah, I've done work with um, Veterans Inc. in Worcester. Okay. I've done work with Jeremiah Zinn in Worcester, <clears throat> and. Um, Project New Hope in Worcester. Okay. And one thing I can I can say right now is a lot of these organizations are going to be looking for people to help with uh with Christmas. Okay. With um you know fostering a uh, uh like a veteran's child or you know buying gifts for them. And that's what I'm doing this year with Project New Hope. 
But um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, th those are the organizations that I I, I work I work with. I do I work full time with Aware Recovery Care right now, and they're okay. amazing because I've I've worked in detox, I've worked in CSS, I've worked in ATS. Never felt like I had enough time with the clients. Mm. With Aware Recovery Care. I have a year with the client. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, and I get to meet them where they're at. Oh man, that's it, that's that's gotta you know? be great. That's that's yeah. gotta be great. Like yesterday, I was down in one of my clients' uh, basements playing pool for an hour with them, <laughs> talk, talking about their recovery. Right, right. Yeah. You know? um, this morning, I was having coffee with one of them. You know. It's it's such a a great organization. I've never seen anything like it. When they first, first came to me and they wanted me to work with them, I thought it was a scam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, me? No, it can't be me. I'm like, no, nobody does this. This can't be real. But it it, it was. <laughs> it's real. It's real. Yeah, but it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing how when. We we utilize that power of one decision, what we attract to us. Mm -hmm. And it makes me begin to think, what else has been waiting to be attracted to us by the power of that one decision? There are some things I know that we hope for, things we're hoping in. And it is not that it's not there. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's waiting on us to make the power of one decision to attract it. Listen, we have this is this is something that we have to learn to look at as people, as humans, as an individual. You are attractive, and I'm not just talking about what you're wearing, I'm not just talking about your hair and how you look. I'm talking about when we change our minds, the way we think about things, we become attractive to things around us. Charles said, Man, I changed my mind. I changed how I began to look. I changed what I did, and organizations found me attractive. God, oh, yeah. when we begin to change and work on us, we become attractive to things around us. We can't say all the time somebody's overlooking us when we're not willing to do our part. We're talking about being M I. Hey, when we can do something about it, change it. Change it. Remember the story about the invisible man? Whenever he wanted to be seen, he did something intentionally. He did something on purpose. Sometimes we have to make purposeful decisions, and those decisions will cause us to be attractive. Guys, Charles, let me tell you something, man. Thank you so much for being part of the show tonight thank you You're for welcome. sharing your incredible story thank you for being here thank you for the bravery you had to come and share your story again thank you for your service guys in chat go ahead and type it in there right now i know you're watching i see you're watching go ahead and tell charles thank you tell him thank you i know you're going to come back and watch this type in the words thank you say it thank you i appreciate Everybody that's here, Charles does. Guys, thank oh, yeah, you so definitely, much definitely. for being here tonight, Charles and man. You're and, welcome, Travis, and everybody. What's your website, man? If, if, if somebody wanted to to go to your website and kind of look up some things you do on your Facebook, where where can we where can we get in contact with you? Lifelongexperience.net. Thank you, Nicole. Lifelongexperience.net. I'm gonna put that in chat. Yep. LifelongExperience.net. Yep. I'll put it right there in chat, guys. There you go. This is Thanks, where you can go if you want to get in contact with him. If you want to see his website, I've seen your website. I like it. I got a I got a little jealous, Charles. I said, man, what is <laughs> <laughs> Wait a mine don't look like this. Mine doesn't yeah, have I can, all I can that, help uh, you out with yours anytime. <laughs> mine, mine doesn't have all that nice water flowing and all that on there. Mine doesn't mm. look that way. <laughs> It's nice and serene. 
I love it. <laughs> I, I know, right? All right. I looked at it a couple of times. I got a couple of ideas. I said, wait a minute, I could do this too to mine. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I like man. That. Thank you. I got some ideas. Guys, before we get out of here, you know how I gotta do this real quick. Guys, listen, it's been an absolute blast having you join the show. Don't forget to don't forget you can listen to us each week, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here live on Facebook, guys. And also, you can stream your favorite podcast episodes on all of your episodes on your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Guys, we got to get out of here. But before we do, if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. I'm out of here. I got to go. Peace. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.